welcome to worship here at Springfield Church of the Brethren. It is December 27th, and although it's two days after, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's wonderful to have you all here. A uh, couple of announcements. Um, first off, the deacons are uh, will be beginning the new deacon set uh, this coming week on December 1st. We are blessed to have Terry and Cindy join the deacons. We know that they will serve and honor our Lord through their work, and our congregation will benefit from their love, prayers, and support. Terry and Cindy will be officially joining as of January the 1st. Please keep them in your prayers along with the rest of the deacons. A special thank you to the Snyders, who have graciously and humbly served as deacons for many years. This one I'll talk to here and now replace in my next, when I get a chance here. Um, Bob and Rita have served our, our church and our members and God through their countless acts and activities they've spearheaded. They have decided to decline the call to renew their deaconship and will be stepping down on January 1st. Their presence and guidance in the deacon body will be greatly missed. We know that this decision has been made with prayer, and they will, be continu will continue to be the keystone members that they have long been. Our continued prayers and thanks to both of them. Just a reminder, I am going on vacation as of tomorrow, um, so... If you come looking for me, I won't be here, and I'll be joining you all, not this next worship, but the following one. Is there any other news, you would, uh, activities that you would like to share? As we move into our time for prayers, um, I have a couple that were handed to me. Prayers for Renee's brother-in-law, George. He's having surgery this Wednesday. Uh, for bladder cancer. They are not sure what they're going to do once they get in there, um, but they do know that after this there will be chemo in the future. Also prayers for our sister Sandra, who is having surgery this Thursday to remove kidney stones that they could not get in the last surgery. Are there any other prayers you wish to share with the congregation? Renita. So, traveling mercies for. Prayers for Bernita's friends who are traveling from Napa, California to New Hampshire. They are moving there with cars, um, towing, and driving another car, which moving to New Hampshire in December is going to be a little tricky as is. I think we get a lot of snow. Congratulations! For those of you who are at home, Nikki and Corey will be having another child. That means Hallie gets to be a big sister. Um, and you're expecting end of June, beginning of July? July 10th. July 10th. That's two babies coming in two months. That's awesome. <laughs> so continuing our prayers for our sister Lauren, um, 
I think her husband's Kevin. Yes. Um, her husband, Kevin, uh, Lauren, um, due to complications, uh, delivered the baby uh, via C-section on, I want to say it was Wednesday. Um, Lauren is doing well, the baby's doing well. The baby is eight weeks early in a little girl um, and is breathing on her own, which is, in these circumstances, that's an amazing gift to have. Um, but they're in the hospital with the baby um, and recovering. As far as I'm aware, the baby has not had a name announced yet, so. Emily. Oh, Emmeline, I missed that. Oh, she's home. Okay, so the baby will be there for five weeks, uh, but Lauren is able to go home, um, and the baby's name is Emmeline. We're having lots of babies this time. That's a good. That's good news. Our worship today will look a little different than our typical worship, as you may have seen in the bulletin. We were unable to do our typical candlelight service, so trying to do something a little like that during our worship time. A special thanks to Janice, Olivia, Mike, Renee, and very much Bev um, for providing all the music this week. If you will join us as we prepare our hearts for worship.
if you'll pray with me. Gracious Savior, we've just celebrated your birthday. We're continuing to celebrate it, you coming to earth, the word becoming the incarnation. Help us to continue celebrating this in our lives every day as we move into a new year. We go into this year with many celebrations, bodies of friends and family that are healing, new life that's just come, and new life that we are expecting. We thank you for that. We celebrate. We pray that you continue walking with those as they're coming into times of difficulty for Sandra and George as they await surgery, for Lauren, Kevin, and Emmeline as they get used to a new life and we pray that soon she will be able to be home with her parents. We pray for those who have change in their lives, for long travels, for new beginnings. And we thank you for little voices. They fill our hearts. Just as that time so long ago when that new little voice spoke out of the animal's feeding trough and started to change our lives. We thank you, Father. Amen. Now, the Nativity story as we know it is a compilation of the Nativity stories as told from Luke and Matthew. Combined together, they each tell a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, and we've combined that to know what we now call the story. Now, Luke starts a little before. Actually, Matthew and Mark actually both start with the genealogies. But after that, Luke starts with a story that takes place something like three or four months before even the coming of, of Mary being told that she'll have. It starts with a man named Zechariah, a priest, and his wife Elizabeth. Zachariah is told you're going to have a baby, and Zachariah thinks this is silly because he's really old and his wife is really old. But of course, she gets pregnant, and she carries John the Baptist. She happens to be a relative of Mary. And so that's where the story starts, by timing us, letting us know that it's about six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy that Mary is approached. Now, it's the complete opposite between Mary and Elizabeth. Elizabeth is older. She's past the time where she expected to have a child. While Mary is very young and has been betrothed, kind of married, but she hasn't begun living with Joseph yet. And so our story starts in Luke with Mary being told in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy that she's going to have the baby. Luke 1, 26 through 38. 
In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel to Gabriel, sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a child, a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no, no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word, be, your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Amen. The story then tells us that Mary traveled to visit Elizabeth. And while when she got there, the baby inside Elizabeth jumped for joy as John recognized Jesus. Mary went on to proclaim what we call Mary's Magnificat, a challenge, a challenge to the ways of the world. 
a call back to the birth of Samuel, who changed Israel in a call forward to what the new kingdom may look like. Luke 1, 46, 56. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of a humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and returned home. Amen. Then we jump into Matthew, to the story of Joseph, the poor carpenter. He, of course, had no idea what was going on, no idea of why Mary was pregnant. And he faced a conundrum of dealing with things as they were properly supposed to be done and also being a compassionate man who wanted to be kind. Matthew tells us in chapter 1, 18 through 29, 25, this is how the birth of the Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. 
Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a child and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God's with us. When Joseph awoke, he went and did as the Lord, the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth, and he gave the name Jesus. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in Until the Son of God appear, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O characters have started to begun to be assembled on the stage. But of course, we know that it's not in Nazareth that Jesus was born, not in a comfortable home, but rather where the animals lived, in Bethlehem. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree what that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, in Galilee to Judea, to the town of Bethlehem. Because he belonged to a house in the line of David, he went there to register with Mary, who he was pledged to be married to him and was expecting child. Now, the story tells us that there was no room in the inn for them. Actually, the way it would have usually worked is you went and visited a family member and you would stay in a room in their house. But there was no room in the regular house. So they had to sleep on the first floor where all the animals were kept. And so we are told 
there, we often translate this to mean that they were in a stable, which it basically was. It's like staying in the garage. As a cousin in a family that was fairly large, I've actually slept in the garage while visiting family, all the cousins together. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, for there was no guest room available to them. Amen. shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their sheep as night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news with great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those with whom his favor, favor rests. Then the angels left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it came time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angels had given him before he was conceived. Our sister Olivia uh, wasn't able to join us in person today, but we still have the music. Angels we have heard on high, singing sweetly through the night, and the mountains in reply, echoing the brave delight. Matthew tells us about the Magi, a group of learned men, priests of the Zoroastrian religion, who were looking up and saw something they didn't recognize, a new star in the sky or a, a star that shouldn't be where it was. Matthew tells us, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. King Herod heard this. He was disturbed, as was all of Jerusalem with him. He called together the people's chief priest, the teachers of the law, and he asked, where is the Messiah to be born? They replied, in Bethlehem, in Judea, for it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Jerusalem, of, Ju of Judea, Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So Herod called the Magi to him secretly and found out the exact time the star had appeared. Then he sent to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, 
report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen rose again and went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. On coming to the house, they saw a child with Mary. They bowed down low and worshipped him. They opened up and gave him treasures of frankincense, myrrh, and gold. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Kings of Orient are bearing gifts, we traverse afar, fields and fountains, moors and mountains, following yonder star. Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright. Westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for and kill the child. So he got up and took the child and the mother and during the night left for Egypt where they stayed until the death of Herod. And so fulfilled was what the Lord said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinities who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. And that's why it was said through the prophet Jeremiah, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they were no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up and take the child and his mother and go to Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he got there, he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, and he was afraid to go there, having been warned in a dream. So he withdrew to the district of Galilee. He went and lived in the town of Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He would be called a Nazarene. Amen.
So ends the Christmas story. Jesus will appear again when he's 12 years old, and then we won't see Jesus until he's 30. The Advent season comes to a close. We no longer light the candle for hope or peace or joy or love. Characters start to fade into the background. We hear nothing more about the Magi or the Shepherd. Jesus leaves the town of Bethlehem. We never hear of him coming back. Joseph will appear a little bit more, but he too will go away. And Mary, of course, will stay throughout the whole story. But her character, what she says, doesn't make as much an impact anymore. So we're left with the Christ light and the Christ child who grows into the Savior. Christmas is the beginning of the next journey, the journey to Easter. And then Easter is the new journey to the kingdom. So we leave the Christ light burning, pointing us towards Jesus, towards God, and towards the kingdom. So we'll let it keep going, remembering that little baby lying there in the manger with so much promise. All the promise, all the hope, all the love, all the joy, and even peace that we have in every new life magnified over and over again because it's offering us new life too. Let's let the Christ light keep burning in our hearts as we move into this new year, as we move into 2021. Let's try a little hard to keep that light burning. Amen.